Welcome to another My Best Eleven. And look at Andrew laughing because he's surprised how well I, I um, introduced um, the first starting bit. Because today we have Andrew as picking his best eleven. And today I am Andrew. And who's being me, you're thinking? It is my great friend, central defensive partner for many years, Steve the Bear Davis. How are we, Steve? I'm very good. Thanks, Marv. And thank you very much for the kind introduction and for asking us as well. Delighted to be here. No, it's my pleasure. And Andrew, how are you feeling today, seeing that you're on the other side of this um, podcast, shall we say, for once? I'm really, really excited. I, I am actually really excited. I'm quite rapt to be one of these people who has been asked to come on the pod, in a way. If you know what I mean, as myself always being you. And so it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of um, kind of school teacher in me, kind of proud of you, Marv, doing this. I think you're doing really well. Um, <laughs> and then also... Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> listen, I will do the best. Listen, as of anything, and I think Steve, that I will be the best and try the best I can be at anything I do. Now, if I'm as good as you, I probably doubt it, because like I said, I don't think the podcast would run as smoothly as it would, as it does without you, but um, I'll give it my best shot. Okay, and to have Steve here is an absolute honour. <sighs> I loved having Steve and loved so I loved the bit of banter we have on social media. And then also I loved all the stuff he does with Lenny Drumrose as well, particularly. I think it's fantastic. So a pleasure to have him on here and really grateful. Thank you very much, Andrew. Looking forward to this. Should be good. Be interesting to see who your best eleven is as well. Just before we start, Marv, sorry to butt in, but no, for, that's me. That's what I used to do. That's great. That's great. That's perfect, Steve. That's perfect. That's good. For me for myself and probably for the listeners as well, Andrew. Can you tell us how you how you started following Luton? Was it through a friend? Was it through your dad, your family? Or was it a particular game that you watched that got you hooked on Luton? Oh, yeah. So um, I've, I've always been a Luton fan. Um, my dad is a Luton fan through and through. And my granddad was as well. Um, they moved down to Luton during the Second World War. Um, kind of lived in Leegrave and on my dad's side. My mum's side have never really been into football at all, uh, but my dad's side always have been. They've always been, yeah, full-on full on Luton fans. And my dad took me to watch my first game in 1989, so when I was uh, four and a half, five. So, yeah, and ever since then, I've just loved the club. As every kid does, you do drift a little bit, um, particularly kind of in the mid, well, kind of when you're about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, you kind of go, do you know what? Luton a bit rubbish right now. And you go to the glory hunting years, but you always come back oh. to your home. Says a Liverpool fan. Where did you go? Um, I, so did you I, I went to the Gooners. I went to the Arsenal. Yeah, I, oh. I followed the Arsenal. John Hartson, and as I've mentioned on this pod a few times, my favourite ever player is Dennis Bergkamp. So he kind of brought me to the Arsenal, but then you kind of, you kind of go back. You can't help but go back. So yeah, to answer your question, it's family. Um, family and you, you, there's some things in life you get to pick and I don't think as a true football fan you kind of I don't think you should get to pick your club they kind of pick you you're led you're led and guided aren't you as to yeah where you yeah and, and that doesn't mean it has to be a family it can be through your friends or it can just be like like you said it can be just a game it's your heart yeah. I think your heart could be the guide as well yeah no very good excellent right. okay so as per usual, as and I'm trying to get it exactly like Andrew has it. 
for those who um, haven't listened to the podcast before, um, Andrew's going to go through his best 11 and Steve and myself will try and guess who that 11 will be or each player, starting from the goalkeeper right through to the final player. So um, let's go straight into the first formation. What is your formation going to be, Andrew? I've gone traditional. <clears throat> I always have loved it. And when I start coaching, I'm coaching my son's team at the moment, under eights, but they only play seven aside. Um, and you're not supposed to really play formations of that age. But I will stick to 4-4-2 for this team. I do like the four. I'm actually kind of starting to like the 4-5-1 um, formation because it can be interchangeable. You can either have the two holding midfielders and have one attacker, or you kind of flip and have one holder and two attackers. So I do kind of like that 4-5-1 formation as well. Um, but for this case, to fit the players in who I really, really think were my my most enjoyable time as a fan, but also the memories and things like that. So it's not just the best players. It's probably 90% who I think were the best players in those positions, but it's also a bit of heart as well. So 4-4-2. Excellent. Okay, so straight into it. In goal, who's your goalie? Give us some so, clues. I'll, yep, I'll give you some clues and I'll do some honourable mentions at the end. So, clue is, this is I'm going to do really doozy of a clues to see how well you can go oh, on this. is going to be great for Steve then because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm useless. I want to be okay, anyway. so clue number one. He has never played a competitive game north of Kettering Anywhere in the world. But yet, and that should be a bit of a clue. Bear in mind, I said the world, not just UK. Do another clue? Yeah, please. He's been to two World Cups. Can we jump in? Can we? Oh, he's gone. Yes, jump in, Steve. Jump in. Jump in. He's been to two World Cups. What years were the World Cups? 94 and 98. Wow. Got me stumped. First position. Stumped. Normally, 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 um, Steve, you should say now Marvin, because I go Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> we normally just buy some time. You must have got this, have you? Come on. A Luton, oh, go- Luton Town goalkeeper who went to Being the 94. Oh! Right, no. He went to the What did you say? Did you say Ben? He said Foyer. I said Ian Foyer. Oh, good. That's a good I like that. Look, guys. Um, Do you want another what's, clue? What's the other one? No, no. Is, he, is, he, is he? Hold on, hold on. Is he American? Yes. Jürgen. Correct. Jürgen yeah, Sommer. There you go. My other clue was going to be... the country he, right with Ian. My other one was yeah, going to be he lost in the FA Cup semi-final. Oh, Jürgen yeah. Sommer. Why yes. Jürgen, then? I mean, not saying that Jürgen was a good goalkeeper, but why Jürgen as in all the other goalkeepers that you had to choose from? Um, I think that he came into the club at a really, really difficult time. We'd obviously just been relegated or spent, a, spent that time being relegated from the... Premier League, I suppose you want to call it that. Um, and I think he really helped galvanise it. But I just think that he was a different type of goalkeeper to what Luton had had before that I'd seen. His frame, his, the way he looked after himself. Um, and he gave me my first ever pair of goalkeeper gloves as a kid. Huh. I remember you saying that. So, yeah, because he used to hang around with, Andy Pe- I mentioned before, Andy Pettersson the Aussie goalkeeper who lived across the road from me where I lived. 
Um, and Jürgen and him used to be really, really, really good mates. So Jürgen saw me used to come around all the time and he saw me and my mates kicking the ball out in the street, the old sponge balls, because we weren't allowed to use proper balls because we smashed windows. Uh, and I, he gave us goalkeeper gloves. He went, oh, here you go, have these. Just kind of, just he used to see us all the time. So my first pair of goalie gloves came from him. But as a player, I've seen goal, other goalkeepers. I mean, there's other ones I could be. Marlon, I loved um, Mark Tyler, fantastic goalkeeper for the club, great servant. But both those keepers, I always felt that they never had full command over their box. I've always had that small suspicion. I've always sat in the Kenny. I've always sat behind the goal. And you watch the goalkeeper so much more when you sit there compared to in the main stand on the side. And whereas Jürgen, I never had any doubt. Him, just, He was so big, he just plough through. He didn't care. And he always had that, that, do you know what I mean, that frame? He always seemed very, he always seemed very top heavy, but not in a not in a big way, fat way, but just do you know what I mean? He looked like he'd been on the weights as much on his on his shoulders as what he does his legs. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's why Jurgen Sommer, I thought he was a great player for the club. Um, and obviously went on to play for a number of other teams, QPR, and we had him on the podcast um as well mm-hmm. about 12 months ago, Marvin. It was fantastic to hear from him then. All right, good. What's he up to now? What's he doing? He he when I first joined, he was at the club, but he quickly left, I think. He didn't he stay did. around for too, too much longer, yeah. I think it was only two or three months, and then he was away. But I can't remember where he went, but he, he was good. Was good he left. He left. He'd have gone Q- yeah, I know he went to QPR, QPR. didn't he? QPR. Yeah, QPR. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think the QPR. Well, let's just go back to you, Andrew, now, because, I mean, that's ironic, because you was a goalkeeper. Am I correct in saying that? Oh, you played in goal? That was your position? Yeah, my most successful position was in goal. Yeah, did you so? Did you try on field first and then? Oh no, I I've always been oh. good at crossing the ball. I've always been really, really good at that kind of dead eye, putting the ball in from corners and crossing it and things like that. But um, I never really had the skill set to do that. So I was always in the kind of the the I was always I was always in the football team growing up, but I was always the thirteenth, fourteenth player on the on the things. You know what I mean? So I was never that first line. Um, that first line team up at Stopsley, I played it. I went to school at Stopsley. And oh. um, so just at the top of the hill, but then I turned my hand to goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, I just kind of got better, I think, better and better. And just before I went to, um, just went to uni and stuff when I was, what, 17, 18? Um, yeah, I played in golf for Dunstable Town. Um, wow. played, a, played a few games for them uh, before I um, broke my finger. Um, got my finger between the ball and the post and it just you know and your finger bent to the shape of the post um, right. kind of bent all the way back and I pretty I was so young and I wasn't that confident um, I lost my place and pretty soon after as soon as you lose your place at that age you lose your confidence and then um, I was going to uni and it kind of all went from there because I knew I was never going to get that far with it so I thought study so I've never I've never obviously we've never met personally because you're in Australia how tall are you? Uh, six, like six one. Don't look at you. I know. No. I did. I don't imagine you being like a uh, um, about five foot seven, five foot eight, six one. You are. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good size for a keeper, then. It is a good size for a keeper. Oh uh, yeah, but do you know that was always my problem though. Is I because I'm not. I might. I put on a bit. Put on a bit now, but I was never big enough frame wise to come clattering, which is why I looked at people like Jürgen and thought, oh. That is what I wish I could do. Shot stopping I, and, and coming out of my box. When I when I did play, I was nicknamed the sweeper keeper. 
because I used to be so quick off my line and just clear things up for the defenders when the ball went over the top. But when it when it came to coming out for crosses and stuff, I was never big enough as a frame, particularly once you start playing men's football, the age of 17, 18, as a keeper, you're getting smashed to pieces. Absolutely yeah. non-league. You're getting flogged to pieces, as you guys probably know growing up when you start to have to play against when you were 16, 17, 18, you were playing against men strikers who were in division two or the conference. And you boys probably will be in having a quite a few elbows in your face. I'd have thought from the strikers. What are you? Yeah. What are you bear? Height wise? Six, six, two and a half. I'm see, I, again, I'm, I mean, I'm five. I was, well, officially five, 11. I'm, who are you not? No, who you're not? You were I was honestly no five, 11. No, and I'm not no going to, you, you always have these, you no have these mouth. defenders. I'm telling you now, right? You go, they're like six foot, but they say, oh, I'm six one or six two. I was thinking, I got measured and it's like 5'11". So that's yeah. exactly. So I'm even more greater, like for me, that I want more balls in the air. I'm only 5'11". No chance. It's down, to, how well, it's down to how well you spring, though. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because right. I remember... And I, I love the guy because I love hearing from him. And I think he was a great player. But I remember pl- Sam Parkin. Do you remember him? He played for Luton up yeah. front. I think he played yeah. for Swindon as well. And a couple of other clubs. Yeah. I used to remember watching him. And it felt like he used to jump, but his neck went down. And you felt like he was actually higher standing up than when he jumped. He was one of those frustrating players as a striker. Do you know what I mean? Where they actually, it doesn't get, they got no, it felt like. I know it's towards the end of his career. It felt like he had no spring. Whereas you're saying, Marv, that even though you're probably a bit shorter, it's about what you do and it's about... But it's, it's yeah. all, when we get central defenders, you'll hear from who I pick that it's also about positioning. That's what yeah. I've come to realise. Right. It's, it's not as much about winning the ball. It's about how you, how you just nudge them, where you stand, how... Yeah, that's what it's about. So, OK, no. let's move on. So we're going left or right or in right back. Normally you'd go. So let's go to the right back. Yes. We'll go right. We are going right back. OK. okay. I'll give you some easy clues. I, 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 I think I'm, I'm going to just go straight in there because I'm going to go, James Justin. Uh, I knew that because he's going to put him on the left. See, he thinks he's, he thinks right. he's clever. Go on, well, man. I got a free. Go on. Yes. You can have a free. Yeah, you can get like. now. No, but yeah, I'm just going to... Go on, then. I'll go Greza. Graham Alexander. Correct, Mr. Davis. <laughs> well, I, was gonna, I was going to go, he's a bleach blonde boyhood boy band. <laughs> From when he when you played with him, because I yeah. still remember him up and down that wing with that his face looked nothing like it does now. He looks such a a backstreet boy. Um, yeah. Did you boys give him a lot of stick for that? Do you know? You no, know, Steve was meant to go on, Steve, you tell the story. Steve was meant to get his done as well. Steve was I mean, meant to get his this, done. This, this was done, I think, Marv, for your testimonial game, wasn't it? Or was it? I'm no, sure. it, no, it was a cup. It wasn't a cup. I thought we played a it was cup. At the end of the it. season, it was the end of the season anyway. So I, I lived with with Grazer and his his wife Karen um, when I first went, and I think I was still there at the time. And um, Grazer decided to get his hair uh, dyed. So I said, "Go on, and it's the end of the season. I'll get mine done as well." So <laughs> I got my hair done, and for some reason, it never came out in mine. I don't know. I don't know why, but then Grezza's turned into this bleached ginger blonde type colour, and he and he stuck with it for a little bit. To be it's, fair, it, didn't he? 
That's what I remember. He played a good season. If you look back at those yeah. the photos from that, you know, the, the pre-season photos, I think he's still got the kind of the bleach blonde. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's stuck with it. He's been he, brave like Reza, like, because he had the bleach blonde. Then he went for the, the Alice band and the big long hair as he got a little bit older. And then he had the big castaway beard. He's yeah. just gone through all sorts. He's like, a man like very this. secure in himself. Yeah, I like the castaway beard. I did like the castaway beard. He looked, he looked, yeah. and he had, did he actually wear um, a headband as well, didn't he? Didn't yeah, he did. Like a little, yeah. he had one of them. Yeah, I told him I was coaching at the time at Burnley and I told him to tidy himself up. <laughs> you're already old age wise, but your beard and your hair is looking you make making you look even older. But so you, so you didn't join him with that one and get an Alice band yourself. No, I did not. No, I couldn't go that far. No, I draw the line. I draw the line at that. <laughs> That's yes. not right. Graham Alexander, I've just put, I've just put him in. Yeah. Okay, left side, left hand side. He has been in the England squad. Yep, I've got it. Go on, give him a few more clues. I think I've got it as well. Go on. I, I think I've got it. He was voted Young Player of the Year for the club twice. Mm. Go on, sure. one more. One more. His. First name and second name are the same letter. Yeah. That's why I did it on purpose, the last one, last guess. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew you. Huh? It's your guess, That's isn't it? From the right back. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. Justin, yeah. That's James, why I said Justin, who's just been called up to England squad. Yeah. Yes, he has. At the time and of that's why I, I knew he wasn't going to put him as right back because every time someone puts him on right back, Andrew goes, oh, he will. Isn't he a left back, really? Yeah, I mean, he's all, a left back. Or, though, Andrew says that he really came to, to the fold when he played on the left side because of Stacey and stuff. So I know I knew he was always going to put him on the left. Yes. Oh, I, I think, but I think that's where Southgate's picked him because England's got an abundance of right-backs with James, True. Walker, Alexander-Arnold. You can probably keep going now, add a few more in. But left-backs, we don't seem to be as depth. And that's why I think he's picked him. But yeah, so I obviously, like I said to you, in terms of the rules that I put in, so the rules mm-hmm. I put in was um, I have to have seen them play for the club at least 10 times. Um, and JJ, because he was at the club for so long as a youth player, I've managed to see him that many times, even though being living in Australia for 10 years, um, I've still managed to see him quite a few times as he's kind of progressed up through the club. Because um, when I was researching, I forgot that, even before the title winning season, we were offered a million by Forrest for him. And the club rejected it. And obviously they waited 12 months and then they managed to get, um, was, however much it is now, six, five, six, seven million, whatever they yeah. got from Leicester um, for him. But it, it's, the other reason why I like JJ is because he always seemed to have his, te- his, his place taken in the team by someone. And he never seemed to let it get on top of him. He always he's had quite a few of these half big injuries that's happened to him as a youngster and obviously more recent one as well. But he's always so at Luton, he had Jack Stacey come in and he took his place and he was kind of, ah, now I've got to get this place back. At left back, he had Dan Potts and he did the same thing. Um, and then even at Leicester, the same things happened. Pereira, Castagna, but he's still stuck in there. And he's always there and he's always never present. And it's just, I think it's a fantastic testament. to. I've never met him, but I think it's a great testament to him. I don't know, have you met him, Steve? No, never never met him. But like you said, that's a great trait, especially for a manager as well. If you've got someone who can, you can play both sides. And if he's not in the team, because 
Marv, you'll know as well, the hardest players to manage are the ones that are not in the side, aren't they? So yeah. you've got a good yeah. type like that who can who just gets his head down and trains hard day in, day out. But they're worth a weight in gold. And he's he's done really well, hasn't he? Especially come back from his injuries. It's been superb. Definitely. What I mean, I, again, it's it's difficult. What is it? Um, what who are they playing in England? And, and is it a, a friendly or is it is it a proper game? I don't know. Well, I've not really four been nations. Four nations. Yeah. So he's yeah. gonna. So he's gonna. So he's gonna get a game. Then he's gonna he'll definitely a, play. Then you would like to think. Yeah. You'll get a cup. Yeah, definitely. That's that's yeah. great. Then that's great for him. Fair play to him. It's great for the great for Luton as well because I'd assume that there's some. Close. Of course, they're going to be. Yes, listen. Yeah. I would assume there would be somewhere in there yeah. at the sales fee. There'd be another million or yeah. something like that. Yeah, which is great. That'd be handy, wouldn't it? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Centre backs, then. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, centre backs. Now, I I think this is going to be an interesting one. Okay, do you want to go easy or hard first? Hard. Go on. Okay, difficult, I'll go yeah, hard. Like, I'll go hard first of all. Okay, first clue. He was signed. On a free transfer. I mean, there's, there's, there's been a few. There's quite a few. I mean, that's not really a, a clue, is it? Come on. All right. That's a, that's a... Okay. <clears throat> Second clue. He played under Joe Kinnear. Right. This could be on you, Marv. Kinnear. Don't jump at that assumption, Steve. Right. See? I know, because he, he, he listen, Steve, you know Andrew's going to come with some cryptic clue where it's going to be... You like, love the cryptic clues, Marv, because when um, I tell you the person is, you'll go, oh, yeah, do you know what? Fair play, that's a good clue. You love the cryptic clues. No, no, no. Australian? No. I think he costs money, Coiny. I thought he cost yeah, money. Yeah, he costs money Andy. from up Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, I like, we, I like how you're thinking, though, Bear. I mean, yeah, it, it costs money. Okay. Go on, another clue, another clue. He played in the second of the two memorable Luton-Liverpool games where we drew 1-1 in the second one. You know there was two when we lost 5-3 right. and the second one we drew 1-1. He played in the second one of those. Was he, was he an international? I don't think he ever got an international cap. Was he... Oh, I'm trying to think. Was he one from... What, what, would you, what do you call those countries where... where like he, was in, he was in... No, he was English. Oh, it's not, Mar- it's not Marcus Heikkinen. That's who I was thinking of. No, That's not who Marcus I was thinking of. Did he play in that game? Um, no, no, did he? Or was it Yaris Fogin? Marcus. Yar- was Marcus. it him or Yaris Fogin? So he's English. He's English. Free transfer. I'm going to check that. He's English? What Do year you, was that do game? Do you want to do the last clue? Go on then. Go yeah, on, go give on. us the last clue. I haven't gotten... He also, probably most famously, played for Tottenham. Oh, did he did not? I, I, mean, I don't remember him being at the club. I thought, what's his name? The one that was at Wimbledon Bear, the little skinny little guy. It was at Wimbledon as well. Chris Perry. Correct. Yeah, is it him? Chris yes. Perry. Oh, damn that! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Come on, see the partnership. Tell us, yes, there it was. Yes. You give us the clues, I'll get the answers. There you go. Yeah. Wimbledon, that's it. Chris yeah. Perry. Oh, do you like me? Do you like my joke and ear clue? Because he didn't play for joke and ear at Luton. He played from under at Wimbledon. Wimbledon. No, yeah, that's very clever. Very clever. Uh, yes. Clever. Yes. Chris Perry. All right. He was the rash, wasn't he? That's what they called him. The rash. Do you know what? I put him in because of like what we were talking about earlier of positioning. I have never seen a central defender because he was he talking about height. Good grief. He must be five, 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 six. He, he, no. Or he just looked 
he looked small. No, yeah, he, he wasn't. He has to. He was, was five, okay. He was five eight. Yeah. Five eight was that what he was? Five, so, eight. but for a central defender, that's that's not tall. Even you guys have got to admit that that's not yeah. tall at all. But he never seemed to lose out in an aerial battle because he didn't tend to get involved in the aerial battles. He was smart. He was yeah. either nip in front, or he gave a little nudge and stood, I don't know, a yard back and let the ball go over the top of the striker. And and it was at a time when the club obviously were in massive turmoil because you were were you still at the club then, Marv? Because that was under Blackwell and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'd finished. I was on the coaches. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But so he was. I, I just watched him and I thought, you know what? You look like a player who your legs have gone, but your brains are still top, top, top notch. Yeah. And that's and that's a player that I've always thought as a central defender. I watched. And I thought, like I said, it, it was just really, really good for the club um, at the time. He was there for, I think he was only there for a season. But I just think that a lot of Luton fans have probably forgotten to even play for the club. Um, but I, I just think that he showed a quality as to why he played for Spurs for so long, why he played at the crazy gang for so long. I mean, I don't even know what his personality like was like, because I assume at the crazy gang, you had to have either a quiet personality or an outlandish one. <laughs> I'm no, sure. no, I mean, personally, but he was he was some player, like, wasn't he? To be yeah. like you said, the height he was to play as a centre back as well. But it, 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 he would have had good partners with him as well, wouldn't he? Like, right. And they complement each other height wise, like you're saying, if he's the small one and he's the quick one. Yeah. I'm not sure he played with it, Tottenham. Was it Colin Calderwood? Someone yeah, like might have been. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, so, Razor, maybe Razor Ruddock for a while? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. And a loot, and he played that season with Coiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who had the size? Perry. Let's write this down. Chris Perry. Now, I have purposely not picked you two. I'm just putting out there. No, that's fine. I've not picked you two. Marvin, you are a legend at loot. I'm just going to say that. And I know you get very, very humble. You get very, very humble about this stuff, but I'm being totally serious. As a lifelong Luton fan, you are an absolute legend at the club. And thank you, thank I went you. I went to your testimonial and it was thank fantastic you. to watch. So therefore, what percentage of your apartment do I own? I'm not sure. Because I went to your <laughs> testimonial. Um, I, I, I actually ended up owning money. I was the first <laughs> there you go. I actually ended up owning money. <laughs> uh, the cherry give you the bill at the end, did you? Yeah. <laughs> do you not get I'll take it you get I, I assume it's not the case these days because they get charity. The it goes money. to charity or do you get all the money is that the is that the so logic you're, you're, it? I know I mean I, it's difficult to I mean because obviously this is your podcast so there was only like I mean 2000 I think there wasn't that many who come obviously I mean I organise it with um, Pleaty because he was yeah. a, I mean I couldn't really I was trying to get a team and back in the day when you try and get maybe on the London clubs and different like clubs associated, which is not too far away. And so it, it was like Uman and I and a couple of Arsenal and that were saying, oh, we're not sure what team we could send, if we could send a team at all. And so it got close to the time. So I, I thought, oh, let's ring Pleaty. And Pleaty was at Sheffield Wednesday um, yeah. manager. And so he said, yeah, um, I'll do it. But I mean, because obviously we had Pleaty on, he's been fantastic. But he got the sack before... Um, the end of the season and so the following season it was like oh my god I think it was Ron Atkinson was manager 
then. And it was like a little bit up in air whether it's going to still happen. But I mean, they came. But yeah, so it was it was good. I've never seen a striker try so hard in a testimonial in my life. Guy Guy Whittingham, I've never seen a player take everything so seriously in a testimonial. He was walloping the ball at school kids behind the goal. It was hilarious. Yeah, but he was trying to score, but it was just kind of like, you not get what this is about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. But yeah, sorry. But you, and same with you, Steve. Same with you, Steve, by the way. You are... Honestly, I, I loved you as a player. Absolutely loved you as a player. And it was just, I know you went to Burnley for your own reasons, but you are, st- and I think that's why, but you were honest. And that's what all fans always want is just honesty. So yeah. we loved you as a player and I loved you as a player. So, mm-hmm. but we are going to get on to my other, my other favorite center back. Okay. Clues number one, he is now a teacher. Oh, look at him in his cryptic clue. So he could be a coach. Like, he called, that's still teaching, isn't it? Huh? This, this is tough. No, listen. Go back no, I'm doing life. it to annoy Marvin. Yeah. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't annoy me, though. It's, it's, it's the bear. When he goes, the times when I listen to this podcast, and I'm, come on, Marv, surely you can get that one. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? It's come hard on. when you're on See? the spot. That's the problem. Yeah. So, I'm guessing when he goes, he's a, now a teacher. This could be a, a coach or someone at a club. And, it's, and that's still a former teacher, isn't it? A coach. Go on then, next clue. Next clue. He's played in the East Anglian Derby. There you go. That's oh. two, it's one or two clubs in. Which? Bear, you, see, Bear, even though it's, it's a Luton, and the Bear will be better, knowledge-wise, of the names. Like I said last, I'm not yeah. very good with names. So, a central defender... Yeah, from Norwich. from Norwich, 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 Norwich. He's not going to be from Ipswich. He's from Norwich. I know it's it is, big, isn't it, Andrew? Look at his face, isn't it? Oh, he's a big dozer. Gary, Gary Doherty. No, not Gary Doherty. Yeah, he did. He did. Not Gary Doherty. When he was sold by Luton, at the time, he was the club's second joint second highest sale for a transfer fee. When he was sold. He was the joint second highest, along with John Hartson. So it's the same fee that Hartson, if you believe the if you believe the rumours, how much it was worth? Two and a half right. million. Two and a half million. If you believe the whispers. Oh, what's his name? The one did he go to? There's an ego bear. Not one down here. He went to um, Everton as well. No. Oh. No. What's it? What's his he name? Went to um, Everton. From Luton. Um, and he played for Norwich. Matthew Jackson. Yeah, is it Matthew Jackson? Jackson. Yeah. Matt Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Set him back. Great player. Okay. Not, in my, not in my best 11, though. No. Two and a half million. That's that's thrown me now. Then I wasn't, yeah. I mean. Two and a half million. Is it, is it, he played, well, he have not confirmed it yet, but he played for Norwich, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely played for Norwich. See? I'm, there's um there's been a few Norwich players. I can't think. Did he, he's a teacher. I said he teaches. Yeah, see, he's a te- he teaches. Do you want another club we sold him to? Go on. West Brom. Leon Barnett. Oh, correct. Yeah, Steve Leon. Davis. Go on. Yeah, I was, you know what? He was in my head. I, think, I told you he coaches. Look at him, them silly clues. He Leon. runs an academy. He runs an academy. So I was kind Yeah, of, I know. Uh, I know. So I knew it'd be something like that. I just, I, you, you know what? In my head, I was thinking 
Curtis, Curtis. He's going to go for Curtis. I was always, yeah. and I forgot about Liam slightly. He's going to go for Curtis and go for Curtis. And then when you, you want said, them in your youth team, Marv? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? I see. So, so you, taught, you taught them all you knew then, huh? No. I mean, if he would have said, yeah, the, you, he went, um, it went to, to Elsbury on loan, because I sent him to Elsbury on loan. That was when yeah. he, he was like, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He, ooh, he was like all upset, but like, he, he, he was happy because he was playing men's football, I don't know, at the age of 17 or 18. Yeah. And he understood, like, it was just too easy for him in the youth team. And I think yeah. he understood was that he, if you spoke to him now. Was he was he a, obviously a big lad and physically could handle that, the men's football yeah. of that move as well then? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 100%. There you go. You set him on his way then. What a player. What a player. What a central yeah. defender. And, I mean... It took he kind of took over Curtis's mantra. I kind of that's what I thought as a fan. We sold Curtis and then it was kind of like instantly Leon came in. It was kind of we've got this everlasting line of central back young centre backs, clearly. And it just felt at that time we just had some we had so many coming through, so many defenders, of course. You had Matty Taylor as well before that. And so it felt like we had a bit of a a bit of a line coming through of players. And yeah, I, I think that Curtis takes a lot of limelight. I love Curtis, but I felt that. Um, Leon, I never felt he got the full accolade for how good he was. Um, and he was much more of a, a he ne- Curtis has always been a bit more of a ball playing centre back to me. Whereas Leon maybe never struck me at Luton anyway, as that much of a ball playing centre back. And him and Chris Perry, I think, work really well together because they're kind of, op- they're not opposites, but you know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. So what was no. it about Liam that you liked then? Was it his his approach to the game? He was a an out and out defender, honest. Yeah, it was the out and out defence. Yeah. That's what I I like the I like the two together. The the somebody who can put their foot down and, and play with the ball. I yeah. you two were great at that. You loved a good marauding run. Um, yeah. But then I also want next to that somebody who's going to go. Somebody who's basically going to going to manage and marshal when the other one goes marauding forward because you always love one of those centre-backs to do that because A, it gets the crowd up but yeah. B, it's, it overloads the midfield and then the midfielders have then got something to think about and then suddenly you end up with gaps everywhere so that's why I like I like Leon for that solidity and, and I really felt he was a bit underrated um, and it was a mm. shame because he never really seemed to get from, mem- from looking at stats a real full-on a club of his. Do you know what I mean? It was always kind of 40, 50 cap, 40, 50 games at any club. He never got to 150 at a club, which because of a range of reasons, I know he kind of got it a bit of Wigan, but it never felt like he really got a full, like, such as Marv, Luton, Steve, Burnley. Do you know what I mean? It felt like he never got that. And I've, I don't know yeah. if that is something that maybe, I know we've had him on, but I never asked him if that's something he kind of regrets is the wrong word, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. Good choice. No, it's a good, like you said, that the, the little and large combination at the back. It's a good balance, that, isn't it? So when you two were, so Marv being only five foot 11, that makes him little and you were large. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, the thing no, with Marv, no, no. Marv had a good spring, didn't you, Marv? You I had a good jump. spring. Yeah, I had a good. I had a yeah, good spring. Did. I had a good spring, and, I, and that's what got. That's what got me. I mean, I, I mean, timing. I mean, Bear, Bear will tell you. I mean, it's, it's all to do with timing. And I'm one of the first. Again, 
before I've even got into the first team and back in, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not sure many kids will do it now, but like I, we used to have to play our Southeast counties game and then come back and watch the first team. And Steve Foster, like I said, I mean, we've had him on, uh, he was massive influence me because I used to watch him and I'm used to think, Oh my gosh, this guy's like the balls are attracted to his headband, but he used to like his timing. Sometimes he didn't even jump. And it used to be a case where I watched him and he used to sort of like, get himself in a position as the ball's kick now where he get in his position early and now you see it sometimes that the centre forward is trying to rest him because he's now set he knows where that ball's going to land sort of thing and so he was yeah. like holding up and I used to do that quite a lot and I learned that from Fozzie to get into a position where sometimes you you didn't have to jump Steve do you know what I mean when you just got in front of the yeah. striker yeah. and now you're there and the ball's going to drop a little bit low before he can even get in front of you that's that's the key it's getting the flight the ball early that's what the flight and, it, and is that just games is that just game after game after game or can think, yeah, you or can you have is. coaches just lob balls at you you, you can but it's it, like you see it so many times nowadays and particularly in younger youth football you'll see it more with the, the, the girls and stuff that, that you coach and look after they worry too much about what the forward's doing as opposed to concentrating yes. on the ball because the ball's ultimately what you're trying to win so right. you, you either drop off, and like we just said there, you get the you get the flight the ball as early as you can. And if you need to stand still, you're big enough and strong enough to hold the centre forward off, or you drop off and you can get a run and a jump, but it get it at its highest point and yeah, and you can compete that way. So it's it is experience. I remember watching Tony Adams, that's how I learned off, and John Pender, who I played with at Burnley, the way you they used to drop off and come and attack the ball two or three yards, jump. And try and get it at its highest point. So it is, it's an art. It's not just a case of standing there and getting your big head on it. It's, you know, there's a bit more to it to, than that. So no, it's good. It's a dying art, I might add as well. It is. <clears throat> right. So we're going to take a, a quick break there. And then when we come back, we'll go with Andrew's, the rest of Andrew's team. Welcome back to the second part of My Best Eleven. So far, we have, with Andrew's team, we have Jürgen Summer in goal, Graham Alexandra right back, Chris Perry and Liam Barnett as the central defenders, and James Justin as the left back. So we're going to go over now to Steve's 60 seconds. It was smile, but it's Steve today. So Steve's 60 seconds. Are you ready, Steve? Yep, ready. Off we go. Favourite Luton kit. I'm going to go the slightly controversial, dodgy, um, the kind of the peach. Um, there was a peach stripy one in a 94 cup run. I don't know if you remember it, Marv. It was kind of like peachy, a burgundy red. Yeah, that's go. 25 seconds gone already. <laughs> I know, go on, I, go on. <laughs> favourite, other, favourite other sport? Um, darts. V-A-R or no V-A-R? Uh, V-A-R. Fish and chips, pie and chips, pasta. I'm going to go parma and pasta. It's an Aussie dish. Look it up, people. Parmigiana, chicken parmigiana. Best ground visited? Oh, I'm going to be controversial when I say this. The MCG. Very good. In Melbourne. Best player player seen live? Burkamp by an absolute country mile. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Um, Luton would still screw both up because that's who we are. Um, Penalty shootout. Unless England or Luton are involved. <laughs> Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Ronaldo, easily. One more, Bear. One more. Beer, one more. Wine or spirit? 
Beer. Beer. Okay, thank you. So, darts. Are you good at darts then? Oh, I dabble a bit. I tend to be a two what? point. I tend to be a two point player, where two so, points is my that, optimum. Two points is my oh, optimum. Let's get back onto um, Andrew's best eleven. And so, where are we going? We're going left midfield, right midfield. What are we doing? Um, you're the host. You decide. Okay, let's go right side midfield. Okay, right hand side. Clue number one. He has carried out military service before playing as a professional player. I've got it. But like, let, let, let's see if Bear... Oh, I, don't, see I don't think you have got it, Marvin. Do you not think? All right, okay. It's not who All you right. think it is. No, I, I wasn't thinking of him. So, listen, again, this is, this is you, Andrew. This is not <laughs> going to be Carlos Edwards, is it? It's I love Carlos. By the way, Carlos was just my I know. I love Carlos. See? See? That's why I've said it. It's not, okay. it's not him. I'll, oh. give it, I'll give it a slightly simpler one. Okay. He loved an overhead kick. Marv now knows. I, I knew before. I, I didn't know you knew the military service. Last clue? Yeah, last clue. He owns a restaurant in his home country, which he's very busy running. <laughs> it's a nightmare know, to get on the pod. I don't know if Steve will get it. This could give it a, in, Dubro- for, in Dubrovnik. He played for Leighton Orient. Um, so he is Croatian. Sensation. Berkovic. Oh, yeah. there we go. Armut Berkovic. Your knowledge is very, very good, Steve. Oh, Armut Berkovic. Well done. Yeah. I was going to say Valois because I was listening to Faye Carruthers and I think she mentioned mentioned a, a goal he'd scored. Jean-Louis Valois. Jean-Louis Valois. Yeah. No, he's not. He's well, not I can't pin my team. I'm sorry. No. But, I mean, what, what would he have done in the military service? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, I mean, he could have been like, I don't know. But um, as soon as you said military service, I knew it wasn't going to be Carlos. And I'm thinking, I think, I thought, this Burke, did Burko do it? And I, that's why in my head. I've worked you out now. Sorry? Two years of military service. Yeah, before he's a professional player. Before he became pro and came out to England. Wow. That'll make you appreciate football. I'd imagine so. But he is, honestly, he, in that run of that team of Kinnears and then Mike Newells, he was sensational. I really think he was. Because he wasn't just, he wasn't a traditional winger, to me anyway, which is a Carlos or... I mean, I'll go throw some other names out there. Some you may, some fans may remember people like, um, remember Curry or David Bell. Some yeah, of those yeah. players. Yeah. To me, they were down to the byline, whip it in. That's what you got from them. But he was always this player that was always attacking from the back post, and he loved to cut in. Um, and he still scored probably one of the most memorable Luton goals, as I've mentioned before, against Hull City in 2002 to take us top in that in that league one the league one run um which obviously got us the ended up with winning title but 88th minute right in front of kenilworth popped up at the back post and and i came back i came back from uni just for that game and honestly it was amazing it was incredible um and it was one of those times when you suck, you know, the, the saying is you suck the ball into the net. And I really, I know people criticise the Kenilworth for being a bit of a graveyard sometimes. Uh, but there are times when it gets up and about, and that was one of them. And it was amazing. And then to see him 
at Leicester, do what he did at Leicester, that Leicester game, as soon as we got promoted, that overhead kick, which um, I think is probably only, he's the second best one I've ever seen, even on telly. Trevor Sinclair's, then Armand Berkovic's. Yeah. I think they are that, I think it was that good, and overhead kicks was so fast. He didn't have time yeah. to think. I think, um, again, you've picked him in your team, your best 11, so that means shows obviously what you think of him, but I don't think, I mean, every, every, a load of Luton fans Really thought, yeah, he's a good player, really good. But I don't think you. I mean, I didn't realize until obviously when you know we, you know, I like Bear. When someone's in training, when you see him in training, it's like it's like, oh my gosh, like Burko's touch was ridiculously good. And I mean, like every single time. And I mean, I'm talking about every single day. You did. I don't think I could remember or recall the ball like him having a bad touch. It, in, and I'm talking about training now. And he was one of these players. I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, yes, it's so. And he's striking up the ball so so clean. He is. It's not. I mean, it wasn't a surprise that he scored like those sort of goals. Those because to have the timing and the technique, only the the, the top top players could do that. And I don't think Burko really fulfilled the potential of what I saw of him of of his ability. To be honest with you, you know. So, yeah. Well, his career kind of petered out a little bit, with the greatest respect, didn't it? Um, like you say, he could have kicked on or at least obviously when Luton went down, he could have gone to a top championship team back then. Anyway, he could have gone to one of those teams that were definitely, that were yo- one of his West Broms, that are yo-yo clubs. He could, I think right. he could have done quite well at somewhere like that. I don't know about Premier League, but who knows back then because the Premier League's different now. Okay, so the left side. By the way, the Kenilworth Can- Road is some ground when it's jumping. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Bear. I mean, I I did enjoy the the night games. I really did enjoy yeah. when the, the the night games. It was just something under the lights. It's just something a little bit different. The atmosphere um, yeah. compared to. Um, I mean, a case obviously on a Saturday afternoon. Obviously, that's what everyone gravitates to. But just for me, the the night games were the ones, especially if those cup games were yeah, a little bit more right. special. Yeah, without a doubt. The Ipswich one obviously springs to mind. Then we had the Coventry and the Barnsley didn't win the, the Carlin Cup Cup run, and it was great atmospheres. And it's a great ground. I was I was down there. My lad played in a cup. We was sober in a, in a cup final against Luton Luton's youth team the other week. And I was down there, and the ground's exactly the same as well. <laughs> I actually saw Dicky as well, the groundsman. He did. Yeah, spoke spoke to Dicky. Yeah, so but. The grounds—it's never changed since since I was there and since you were there, Marv. It's it's a special ground. Like it'll be shit. Who What's was playing? New stadium. Uh, oh, sorry. I was about to go back. Who go back? Who was playing? You said your lad. Do you say my lad? Yeah, he's a, he's at Preston. So oh, he's I didn't under, know that. Yeah, yeah, under sixteen goalkeeper as well, Andrew. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, him yeah, to tape, so tell him to tape his fingers up. I will do. Yeah, he was on the bench and played Luton in the cup final. Well, is he on staff then, Ben Bear? You what, sorry? He's on staff yeah, at Preston. He, he, start, he starts as a scholar in July. So he's just... Wow, he's just God, I didn't know that. Wow. Now. I didn't even yeah. know he was, he was playing. Oh, Good on him. Yeah. Good yeah. on him. Yeah, so, but... And we're da- we've we've uh, gone off track here, so back to you, uh, Andrew. Yes. Um, <laughs> left side, left-hand side. Okay, right. So left hand side. First clue. He scored at Wembley. And for Luton. Yes. You know, probably yes. Oh, I thought nine Andrews probably going for those cryptic clues again. I'm probably thinking no. 
It tape is called at Wembley. Oh, I go on. I think I, I, I yeah, think I'm, I might know. I might. So, I, I could on. have a guess, but we'll have another clue, shall we? He signed from Walsall. Yeah. Go on, Steve. I was going to say Brian Steen. Right. No. But it's, no. it's yeah. On the left. On the left. I've played he... him. I've played him out of position because I had to get him in the team. I had no other way of getting him and Burko in the team. He actually played on the right. This is going back to the the Johnson was he... trophy. Yeah, it? was he French? Yes, he was French. And his name is ben... on the shirt behind me. And it takes it ben... quite a place on there ben... somewhere. It's not a name, I don't I mean I'm not being disrespectful to him. I don't nah. think it's a name Bear Bear would, would know, to be no. honest. It... Go on, mm. go on, Bear. Go on, Bear. Luanga. No, no, no. He scored no, the winner. Good. He scored the winner for Luton in a Johnson's Paint Trophy. Did he? Against Scunthorpe. Was it Scunthorpe? I... Against Scunthorpe, yeah. What's his name? Claude, Claude Gnapper. Correct. Claude mm-hmm. Napka. Oh, what yeah. a memory. Now, I love Claude, but in realistic terms, skill wise, he, he shouldn't be near this team, if you know what I mean. I loved him when I say that. And just for just for um, I left for Australia, uh, I because you know I because I when we spoke to Alan Nielsen because I taught his daughter, so he sorted out me to have a tour of the another tour of the club and behind the scenes. We're in the we're in a dressing room before we smashed. I think it was Braintree six nil or something when Gary Brabin was manager, just taken over from Bucks, um, and Claw was in the dressing room and he was honestly one of the quietest people in a dressing room, despite he gave it all this on the pitch. He gives all this uh, bravado, but it was interesting before the game. He was very in the zone, but he was so, so friendly, so kind before and after the game. He was the one I was kind of veering towards. I think the missus was going towards some of the more kind of strapping Strapping players, uh, being in the dressing room before the game, and I think, who, yeah, I think Nils had to shout before going, "Get your kit, get your kit on," <laughs> before she walked in. Um, yeah, it was, it was, and and it's kind of, I've never been in there when the players were in there, and only then do you really realise how small that thing is. Do you know what I mean? When when you're in there and you kind of do these club tours, and they do every June that every club does, you kind of walk in and go, oh, "I don't know what they whinge about." But only when you go in there, when it's full of players and buckets and um, wheelie bins full of clothes and ice and do you know what I mean? It, the only then do you realise, I think, just how how tight it is. Um, but that's that's what it's about. Getting back to what you said, Steve. That's Kenilworth Road, and yeah. whatever happens with a new ground, that's what we all love. And there is a lot of there's a lot. Of, I'd say abuse that Luton get on social media for their ground from people who think that you have to have micro breweries inside, um, inside stadiums these days. But I think that real fans really do love Luton's ground because they go to it and go, it's a bit of history. They kind of go, do you know what? I miss this. I miss stomping on a wooden terrace and it making an absolute racket. Do you know what I mean? And that's high banging and their plastic seats and that noise that plastic seats make. And the, I think a lot of fans miss that. The the low roofs, the fact that you have, when you buy a ticket, you have to go, is it restricted? What do they mean restricted? They use they think restrictive you now means you've got a little bar in a way. No, 
you go in the main stand and there is a sodding great big stanchion in the way. You can't see a thing. You spend the whole game doing this, just ducking around the place. And and that's what it's about. And that's why, yeah, so getting back to what I was saying, Claude Napka was an absolute gent and a, and a, and a bit of a gentle giant. But I think he got a lot of fans were frustrated because they could see the potential. He loved the lollipop. And he did as many, he annoyed as many people as he did loved him. And I think that's probably the best way of describing him as a player is he was very much a Marmite player, I think, until he scored that goal and he'll be in Luton folklore forever. Yeah. Right. Where, where did he go after Luton? Do you know, Andrew? Oh, I think he went back to France, I think. Right. And he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I'd love to have him on here, but I don't know where the hell he'd even start. I mean, I might, I might try and I can, I can track him down. I might. He'd be him. really interesting to talk to to find out, particularly about that day, the Johnson's Paint Trophy day. We've heard it from um, Mick Arford. We've heard it from quite a few people, even people like Nick Owen. But I think it'd be really interesting to hear from the the person who scored the winning goal because he came on as a sub. He wasn't even a star. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I came. I came. I went to the game. I went to the game. It was a, it was a good game. And like you said, it was. Was it in extra time or was it at the end? No, it was in extra time. time. It was extra yeah, time. Yeah, extra time. That's and right. I think people at Luton were about to go down and I think everybody realised then how big we were, that we filled the top tier, all the tiers. Can you remember that? And it was all half the yeah. ground. And the other half the ground, Scunthorpe did just the bottom tier and the middle tier and the top tier on Scunthorpe's half were just absolutely empty. And it empty. looked so strange. And yet they were the highest ranked team who could be in the competition because they were top of league one right. and we were bottom and the lowest ranked team. And yet we sold it out. Sold out. Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing day. Yeah. Amazing day. Memories, eh? Oh, that's what football's about. That is. Claude Napper. Right. Definitely. Central midfielders. Okay. Clue number one. This is going to be quite easy, I think. He's won three trophies with the club. Three. You sure three. it's three and not two and not two. Three trophies with the club. Okay. All right. All right, go, go on the next clue. Next clue. He has played only one game for England youth, and in that one game, he got a red card. Mm. Third clue? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, I knew it. I think I knew. I was just trying to like be the third clue. Like, I'll give you a third clue. Um, he doesn't get on very well with one of the Cockney Mafia who once managed Newcastle United. If you can remember did back to he, the time he, when the Cockney Mafia took over at Newcastle, yeah, there's a certain person in that group he, that he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't. This player does not get on well with. Did he start at Charlton Youth? Yes, he did, and he also and he did not get on with one of the Cockney Mafia at Leeds United. He played at Wimbledon. Yeah, which are the Cockney, the Cockney, the Cockney. Oh right, yeah. I thought you meant the player. I was kind of no, no, no. The no. player is well known for being the the Cockney Mafia. Is well known for being at yeah Wimbledon and probably Chelsea. I said, yeah. You got it. You got it there. I've not got, got it. No. You got the player. No. He no. was captain. He was. He was captain. Yeah. He was captain for us winning all three of those trophies or two out of three. Not Nichols. No, I was just trying to. I was just trying to throw you. <laughs> Correct. It is, is it Kevin Nichols. Nichols. Yeah. Yes. Kevin yeah. Nichols. Who? Yes. Who's played one oh, Eng- one game for England youth under 18s, under 19s, and was sent off in that game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good record. 
Yes, here's your, cap. here's your, here's your card. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Kieran Nichols, and yeah, so he's won obviously three trophies at the club, two promotions, yeah. and he was there when we when we won the Johnson's Bank Trophy. He came back to the club, um, and I think him and Keith Keane lifted the trophy. I think at the same time. But yeah. yes, Nico, I just he epitomizes. I think he epitomizes the loot and spirit that you want to see in a team. But I also think that what he provides is he allows, because Luke and I always uh, have felt as a club, have always been a passing team. We've always been a team that like to put the ball on the ground. We don't like to hoof it. We're not. Now, there are times and places for everything. I get that. that that's kind of life. But I feel that we've always had a pretty good pitch. Like you say, Dicky, amazing. We've always had that pitch. Um Unless once you get to winter, it changes. But we've always wanted to try and play. And I think that's, well, Marv, you've coached there as well. I assume that's always been drilled into players is you put the ball on the deck, you play it. And I think David Pleat, or I, I know that David Pleat in particular, obviously before them probably as well, but Pleaty really drilled it in. And I don't think it's ever, it's, it's sometimes changed slightly, but it's always come back to the roots and the fans don't like it when it isn't that passing play. But I think fans also realise to get wins on the board, you need a Nico. You need a player who's going to break the game up and then start it. And I think a lot of fans are starting to appreciate the more they hear about him in this podcast and other podcasts. Mm -hmm. They hear that. Do you know what? He was a breaker upper. He was a tough nut, but also he was the starter. He was the person who then spread the ball to the players that needed it, or he was the person who initially found that pass, saw that pass. And I think that's something which is underrated with him. Oh, massively. One of those types as well, like you you would want in the trenches with you when the going got tough as well. Yeah. Like you said, he could yeah. dig in and he could put his foot in. I never I never came across him as a player. He'd sort of passed me, but I've dealt with him as an agent because he, he's in an agency now, isn't he? Yeah. And he's, he's a lad like Honest, and even even with yeah. that one, we talk about players. He was honest. He would say, "I can't, I can't tell you any lies because he'll see through them." So I'll just be, yeah. I'm trying to be honest with everyone, and that's and that's into a T, isn't it? Yeah, but like, but like you just said there, Andrew. I think, I mean, he didn't get the credit um, for his technical ability, what he deserved, because like a lot of people just associated him as a breaker upper. But I mean, I'm sure if, if they went back over the, the years of Nico's highlights. I mean, you'd, you'd see numerous of goals, assists with him, like playing through balls for people. His delivery from free kicks was like unbelievable. Like it was on point for Howie yeah. or for Rowan Vine. Just like his delivery was like second to none. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if everyone went back and, and saw the, the highlights of looting goals over those like successful seasons when they got those trophies and, and, and Nico was a, a, a very big main player in like providing assists for many players. Yeah. And penalties. He was, yeah, I think uh, he was amazing at penalties as well. I just remember that he was incredible at penalties, but, and also he slightly scares me. So I think I need to put him on my team as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So who's, a, who's alongside Nico? Okay. So this is a, this would be mixing up, I've tried to kind of mix eras up um, a little bit as well. But this player, um, he, okay, the first clue is he does like to wear a bit of yellow. Right. 
Have you got it, Marv? Have you? Look at you nodding away there. Normally I go by Insip, but I don't want to say his name because obviously I want, I want some more clues to come out. I think I know it is, yeah. Okay, second clue. He also had a brief spell up at the club that Nico didn't do very well at. Yeah. I think, right. I think, yeah, I, I think, think he's done. You got yeah, it? I'm, yeah. Homegrown, so. home, homegrown player yeah. for, from the He came through when we were there, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, sent off on his debut. <laughs> yeah. That's my last clue. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That and he yeah. loves a 40 yard pile driver. Yeah. Matthew yeah, Spring. Yeah. Matthew yeah. Spring. Now, he is a player that, because um, this is about me, so I can talk about this stuff. It, Correct. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I was about, what, 14, 13, 14, and that kind of 96, 7, 8 nine seasons around them you know when you were you weren't old enough to have a proper job so you used to have to do newspaper deliveries and all that type of thing mm. and i remember i used to get I used to deliver the herald post I don't know if you remember that newspaper yeah um yeah. and they used to get paid by cash every week you used to get a little envelope through the door and they used to leave them on a thursday all the all the stacks of the papers you had to deliver so you used to get paid for the week before and i used to always get around about 750 780 and that's how much a, that's how much a kid's ticket was when you guys were playing in that era was seven pound fifty, and I always yeah. used to walk all the way from my house, all the, with a mate of mine that I went to school with, all the way to the ground, and that's what I spent all my money on for a good two years. When there was a home game at three o'clock, I used to walk. It must have been about oh, two and a half, three miles, because we used to live up. Um, can you remember where Bushmead was? I don't know if any of you. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, up that Bushmead. way. Um, up towards kind of Icknield and towards the hills up there. Um, and we used to walk all the way from there to the ground and back. Um, and it was some of the best memories I can remember now looking back and fond memories of being a kid and just being a 14, 15 year old. And I, I look back now and I wonder, would I let my kid do it? Do, do you know what I mean? Just the way the world's changed. And you kind of, and, and I kind of, I don't know that because my son's so young and stuff, but. I just think that it was such an amazing time where you used to get cash, literally the exact amount, because that's how they were. And you used to literally just get it out of the envelope and you used to say, and that's what you used to spend your money on. And it was it was such fun times. And I still got so many of those stubs from so many of those games. And we weren't doing, we were doing all right, but we weren't doing much. Do you know what I mean? Around how, that era. How long did it take you, Andrew, to do the the the, the walk the walk or the, the delivery? Walk, yeah. The, Oh, the delivery used to take me two and yeah. a half hours. And that's just once a week? Yep. Once a week, two and a half hours. And then I used to do a Sunday. I used to do a Sunday paper as well for £4, which took me an hour and a half. Hour and a half. So yeah. that's like, for what was that, was that for £4? Yeah. So that's £11.50 for three and a half hours work. Can you might see and people moan today about what they're getting oh, per yeah. hour. Yeah. And I used to go around at Christmas time and go, here's your newspaper, hoping they give me some yeah. money. Because <laughs> it used to be your Christmas thing. <laughs> it's, and it took me about seven hours to do it. But you know what? Fair play. That A lot of people went, oh, do you know what? Here you go. Here's some money. And it was kind of, I thought it was better than the bloody Christmas carolers. Um, the going around like, singing Christmas carols. But um, yeah, what, no. What, so that's what, what I did. Were you your mate, what were you and your mate like when you were walking home after a game? You know, did it did it affect you? Like it affects some supporters. Were you euphoric when we won, or were you disappointed when we got beat, or was it, oh, we'll be all right next week? Did you dissect the game, 
or was yeah. it? No, we used to dissect it. We used to, yeah. we used to absolutely, um, used to absolutely love it and think about all the way home, what we should, what we'd have done differently. We used to have, one of us used to have the old um, radio, which we which yeah. kind of shared the headphones walking home. So we kind of looked like a weird couple just walking down the street with our ears really close. Um, but that's what growing up was like yeah. for me. And then the next day you went down the green and used to just used to kick a football or if it was obviously out of season or it was warming up, you used to just play cricket. And that's, that's yeah. what life was growing up for me. And it was, yeah. and yeah. you just look back now and think things were so simple, but so awesome. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. And that's what's kind of, I've always had that football knowledge in me and I've always loved just players and players. I remember I used to have the fantasy football run at school and and I used to make up 35 different teams um, mm. to see how you could change. And you always go back to your first one. Have you ever noticed that? Um, <laughs> you always do. <laughs> but And that's what you used to do is you used to go through all these formations and you used to go on holiday somewhere sometimes and get the paper, get the get the, the sun or whatever, or the mirror or something. And you used to try and make as many teams as you could with your money and see how well you could do with it. Well, that's I, what growing you, up was. Are you too young to have, did you have, I mean, I'm, I know Ben, I don't know going to bother in asking him. Did you have the old Panini stickers in the, 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 the over the season, you used to have like, um, the teams that used to collect the stickers and then even did a World Cup edition where they used to like yeah. used to buy and get this little bubble gum in the, in, in the in the in the packet or they got about six yeah. cards and you used to put, put them in your, your sticker book. Do you used to have them, Andrew, or not? So I yeah, I so that we used to get the Merlin ones, the Merlin stickers. The first yeah. ones I ever did was USA 94 Paninis. I used to love all that stuff. And yeah, you used to get all the shinies and that type of thing. And yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, used to put them in. Yeah, I remember all the Premier League ones. And I used to spend um, on Bradges Hill um, shop at the little corner shop there. I used to not buy any lunch all day, and I used to spend all my money on football stickers. And it annoyed the hell out of my mum, but she, there was nothing she could ever do about it because uh, she still used to have to give me money for pocket. And I'll tell you something very, very funny: is I still collect the football stickers now. So yeah. I still do it now. They still do them now. I didn't know they, they still, still do, do them now. And my wife can't hear. So I say it's for my son. <laughs> but but you know there's what, no, though? There's no better feeling, is there, than getting one of them shiny ones? Than opening the packet and just going, got, got, need, yeah. need, need. Yeah. But do you know what, though, I've realised is because obviously we're adults and we have a bit more money to buy stuff, the magic isn't there as much. Do you know what I mean? It used to be when you used to have, used to save up or get your pocket money once a week and you used to go down the shops and buy it. It used to be like a once a week thing. Whereas because we have a bit more disposable income now, because mm. we're adults, the, the fun isn't there as much. Yeah. You kind of go, oh, I'll buy a box. <laughs> just like just that yeah. time, it's lost it a yeah. bit. But yes. Yeah, they'd be worth money now, wouldn't they? They'd be worth money now. Do you remember them? Do you remember them? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah, I can I remember getting them as well. The seventy-eight one. I think I can remember the the, the seventy. I mean, I remember having those those books, and then they had like a um, World Cup edition at the back. I don't know. Or international they'd be worth. Yeah, they'd be worth something. The, the team team photograph was always split in half as well. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the stadiums were half. If yeah. it was the World Cup. Yeah. I remember the first ones I really got into talking to this was um, the court, the SO coins for the 90-90 World yeah. Cup. 
they used to, I remember my dad used to, buy, used to fill up with petrol and used to come out with a two or three coins. Do you remember these, Steve? Do you know what I'm talking no, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you used yeah. to get the coins from the, and you used to have to try and put them in the little, it was only about 25 yeah. of them or something for the England yeah. squad. Oh, the men. Yeah. Yes. See, there's some what memories. The money then. Oh, I don't even know where they are. Well, I think my yeah. parents are moving house, so yeah. um, who knows? Matthew Spring then. Okay, let's go. Set it forwards. Here we go, where the money is made. Okay, number one. He and Alan Shearer share the same goal celebration. Yeah. Uh, so easy, this one. Yeah, I think I've got that one. Go on. He was sold for £1 million, and it was an absolute bloody disgrace. An absolute disgrace he was sold for so cheap. Mars already written him down. Yeah, I've got him. <laughs> yeah, but Steve, Steve knows him as well. The answer yeah. is Andrew Fotiart. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Howard. Steve Howard, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Steve Howard. Do you know what? So I'm sorry, Andrew Fotiart. I apologise. Um, <laughs> yes, Steve Howard. He what? was... He was what, what do we talk about, Steve? Everybody knows Steve Howard. Because he's a legend at every club he's played at. And that was it? One million, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was one. And Nico was one and a half. Or maybe it was the other way around. But either way, it was ridiculously cheap money. It was yeah. ridiculously cheap. Basically, they came in and started just pillaging our players because they knew we were in financial problems. Right. Um, Steve Howard. Uh, yeah, but I think he, he's, he's loved at every club he's ever played at. Um, and you go all the way to Northampton. To say that, um, obviously, that's kind of when he started to really make it big was when he was at Northampton. But um, I'm just I'm really pleased to have had him on the podcast. And he was the first one we had on. Um, right. And it was sensational to meet him. Such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. And he comes across as a gentle giant. But on the pitch. Wow. Um, he was. He was a handful. And again, he was a. Even I spoke about putting the ball on the deck, and that's what we love at Luton. He was an old-fashioned number nine. He he did exactly what was was on the tin. Um, and it was back in a day when little and large was was really it worked really well. Um, and he had and the difference was I think Howie was always there, and we changed the partner next to him. And if you think about all the players that came through from um, Thorpe, um, my mind's gone blank now. Marvin, you have to help me out here. But we have obviously people like oh. Thorpe, Thorpe, Dean Crow, um, Vine. We had all those type of players that came mm -hmm. through, um, Adrian Forbes, that were played next to him. But Howie was always the one that stayed. And to me, that said something. Um, that he was he was and he was the goal machine. He was always 20 goals a season, guaranteed. And that's what you need for a number nine. And he helped Luton get two promotions. And he, I won't say single-handedly, but his goals probably were the thing that got us over the line um, in all those games. And and he wore his heart on his sleeve. It's exactly what he wanted to see. He was always pumping the club up and quite happy to get blood nose, get split his head open, flying elbows. He wasn't a pretty striker, but he could do the pretty things if he wanted him to, but he wasn't right. a pretty striker. Well, he, he was one, Marv, wasn't he, that if you were playing against him and you got the team sheets in, he'd be going... Hands full today, like it's going to yeah. be a it's going to be a tough That's afternoon. Tough. Like what what you were saying, Marv, about getting the flight the ball as a defender, as a centre forward, if you get the flight the ball and you're as big as Steve Howard is, you yeah. can't shift him. No, 
stands no, there and you've just, you've just got to either drop off or you've got to let him win it or, or do or try and get seconds off him. But, you know, he's had a great career, didn't he? Went on to Derby and Leicester, didn't he? And had a, had a top career, to be fair to him. Oh, fantastic. Andrew, Andrew, I mean, like saying he did, I mean, I think Mick was a great um, confident booster for him because, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, not knocking him, I think he wasn't prolific as much as at Northampton until he came to Luton and then he, he was like, I mean, I can remember off the top of my head, he, he, he used to score many a goal, like attacking the ball like Mick used to do, but he used to score some great goals. I can remember he scored two at Brentford and he scored one literally. I don't know if he was, I don't know if he was there, Andrew, at the game. We was at Brentford and he scored. It was like literally from about 40 yards out. He bounced. It was like something like Shearer would do. It bounced and he just turned and he's hit it and it's like gone a great goal. I mean, I don't even know if it's on film, but and I'm going to ask him about that as well when I speak to him next, because uh, I'll say to him about the goal at Brentford. You know that goal he's got at Brentford? It was an unbelievable goal. Do you think he modelled himself on Shearer, obviously being from up north as well? I know he's not from Newcastle, but... I don't... I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if players would model them. So I think they would then have respect for them or like, like how, how he was like a, um, an out-and-out goal scorer and a yeah. little bit more like robust and hold the ball up. I think, I mean, they would, he would probably admit to saying like, yeah, it would be lovely to be compared in the same um, breath as Shearer, but I don't think players would go out and try and be, I mean, like someone else. I mean, I think they'd always try and be the best they can be of themselves, version of themselves with a little bit of a twist of, Maybe another player. Yeah. You can't beat that celebration either, can you? For a centre forward. You know, like just, just a simple one, just a simple yeah. one scoring yeah. is brilliant instead of taking your shirt off and sliding on your knees and all that sort of stuff. Like <laughs> and yeah, and you're maybe getting injured and hurting your knee at the same time. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm surprised some people haven't been. You mean you're not into these Luwalawa ones, both of them, the the, the no, 75 lips? Probably because I couldn't do them. I couldn't do a Rolly Pauly. No. What was what was your celebration? I can't remember, Steve. What was yours? Did you have just a particular one, or was it just just the same? It was just, just the same, just a hand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't really remember. I don't. I don't really remember you really. And and you did score a, a yeah. lot of goals for a centre half. It was like no, a lot of it. The time was like a case where if he was pushed up when we were in, in Lenny's reign, mm. like we needed, we needed like a goal. So. It wouldn't be something which I feel Steve would celebrate because obviously it's like in, yeah. in desperate need, isn't it? It's not like, oh, yeah. we've now winning 3 0 and we've pushed him up front. So you don't really celebrate, do you, really that much no. if it's like no. you're trying to Because I'd have thought that as a crowd, that's something that you celebrate even more because the relief of an 88th minute equaliser, you yeah. kind of, I, I'd have thought as a crowd, you celebrate that more. Do you not celebrate that more as a player then? Mm. I think Come on, Bear. Your Ripswich goal. Yeah, what was, was your, what's your celebration, Mark? That was, a, that was elation. Yeah, because that was a win. It's taking you into the lead. If that had been now yeah. an equaliser, it'd be like, Come on, let's get back. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You, you're right. trying to yeah. think. But because it was yeah. like the goal which you knew is the last minute of the extra time, and you, you mean you're hoping that obviously that there's no way to come back. I couldn't, I couldn't really celebrate, did I? Because obviously everyone's grabbed me. So I was yeah, like, was I mean, everyone's grabbed me. And again, like I said, I mean, um, we're speaking with um, Faye on the other way, and she goes, she likes the when you, as a player, you describe the goal and like 
like yeah. she said, and when I said like Richard Wright did, and, and you go through all the explanation of what he did and what he did, and it's so much detail, but like she says, it happens like that. And, yeah. and, and it's like literally a reaction, but still as a player, we have these fine detail of each little bit as it goes and it happens. It doesn't happen like that. I mean, it happens really quick. So it shows how quickly, you know. Our- it does. I listened to it the other day and it, it does, it just happens, doesn't it? I remember the yes. goal I scored against Hull in the cup. I don't know if you remember, I ran through and I played a one-two with Tippy. Yeah, yeah. I ended up right. turning everyone the keeper and putting it in. I still kind of to this day remember how I did it or why I did it, but it, it just it just happens. It's just one of them things. It, you just it's almost an out of body type experience where you just, yeah. it just happens and you you stick it in and thanks yeah <laughs> yeah so off you go. What was your celebration, Marv? Did you have a standard one? Did you? No, I, I scored. I scored, Andrew. I scored ten goals. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You had a standard one. If it was just, if it was a shock or a shock, if it was a shock, you guys didn't do kind of pre-prepared like the Brazilians in the World Cup where they did no. the whole baby thing. And Andrew, no. can you imagine me and Marv doing all this? <laughs> all that, it just wouldn't happen. No, I can see you doing a Macarena in a line or something yeah. with Joe um, with Joe Kinnear and, and Mick Arthur next year. Yeah. Dreamworthy. No. No. That'd be brilliant to watch if that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. But I would I would I would I would have Forpy. Forpy had some good ones, didn't he? Because he was he, he had some like ones where he had like I think I don't know if he was there, but he had one with like one nil. On the front, and then he had yeah. two nil on the back. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. literally—he he, just—he was in such good form that he knew he was really? going to score. It had like one zero. Right? He oh. was unstoppable that yeah. season. Brilliant. <laughs> remember, remember the game at Rotherham, where I think Thorpe—I think he scored another hat trick. No, but uh, let me say to me. Let me half time. Listen, lads, I'm—I'm I'm going to take him off. You don't sort yourselves out. I'm taking him off. And you can do it on your own. <laughs> how good a season he had though wasn't it it was it was really good yeah, next to Steve top Howard top. then is it a little man or is it going to be a, a similar big man or are you going to like mix it up you'll find out okay so um, clue number one is he's very much seen as a pin up right could be it that could can we be guess it. go on yeah go on Zeb. go on if you can was his dad in Shawadi Wadi <laughs> I can't believe yes. you got like that quick. Yes! <laughs> Go on. See? And you trying to be difficult. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be difficult at all. Yes, you know, you, you know why? You, you know why I've got that is because of what Faker Others said about him. Oh. oh, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> That's the only reason I've got it. Really? I didn't think he was that good looking, Oxy. Oxy was like, <laughs> Oxy, I mean. I mean, I t- I texted him and I said to him, "Oh, I pl- I, sh- I forwarded him the clip," and he just sent um, laughing emojis because Oxy yeah. was, um, like I said, um, a fantastic player. But I mean, but like, just loved loved like to go out. He was like the leash, like the same, similar to yeah. what she says, Lee Sharp of Luton, yeah, where was, yeah. all the all the girls were into Oxy, and it was just, it was just great. Obviously, like because I was quite close with him, but. <laughs> Great lad. Great lad. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And Scott, um, Oak. Scott Oakes is in there. 
because of what he did in that 94 cup run in and obviously I wanted to mix up with generations as well a little bit but it was that 94 cup run was was the first time I was 10 it was the first time I was really fully engrossed in in the club and able to go watch cup games which is really hard to do um and I remember my mum used to work night shift. She, she used to keep on picking up more and more night shifts. She used to um, work at Sainsbury's and she used to do night shift Sainsbury's. And she used to, every time she did night shift, all the money used to go on um, the cup tickets. for. Um, and eventually when we got knocked out, um, she told me the story the other week, actually. She said her boss rang her and said, what do you mean you're not doing any more night shifts? She goes, now Luton have been knocked out. And he went, what? I need you this Sunday. So, so you got used to Luton being in the in the cup, but obviously after once we got knocked out by Chelsea, but that West Ham game, the way it ran, the way it happened, it it was incredible. That whole cup run was, I mean, like I said, all the way from um, the Newcastle game, and then the and the players they bought. That was people don't people seem to forget that was kind of like Keegan era. That was the Keegan team starting to be built. Mm. They had some incredible players, Peter Beardsley, people like that, who were absolute England stars from the World Cups. Um, and, yeah, so I remember that. And then what obviously what Oakley did in the West Ham game and running clear, when he ran clear on that goal, it was just up at the up at the end where I was sat. It was one of the most amazing nights, talking about night games, one of the most amazing night games of my life. And it was just incredible under the lights. And then what it meant for the club going to Wembley, first time going to be able to see the club at Wembley. Um, and it, yeah, it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. And, and Scott Oakes is in there. And I, I to this day, um, I kind of wish he would have gone. I kind of wish for him as a player, he would have left. In hindsight, obviously at the time, I was kind of, well, we could go all the way here. We could go to the FA Cup final. But looking back, I kind of wish... He had to taken the opportunity to leave to go to, like I think I asked him actually. There were rumours about Newcastle and and all sorts of clubs that were happy to buy him there and then. And I kind of wish he had gone as a player. Um, you kind of want best for the players that come through the club. And I think any true Luton fan, if they're a true fan, would never deny a player the opportunity to play in the Premier League. And I think that's even the case now. Um, do you know what I mean? If they come after some of our young players, I think most people cannot complain if they, especially if they come through the academy. I think there's a little bit different there. And obviously Scott Oaks did. So I know he didn't fully come through. I know he didn't fully come through. Yeah. But it had that feeling of he was one of us. Do you know what I mean? He had that feel because he was still very young when he came to us. So it had that feeling. Des Linton, um, completely got them both. I think I think it was Sheffield Wednesday, and I think they took they went from Leicester to Sheffield Wednesday, did they not? I think and completely left Sheffield Wednesday. I'm born from Sheffield Wednesday. Or am I wrong? Or oh, there's Leicester. You could be right. You're right. You're probably right. Yeah, he, he went to Sheffield. Wednesday, went to Sheffield Wednesday, didn't he? They went yeah. to Sheffield. He went to Sheffield Wednesday. That's correct. Yeah. But like um, you said, like you said, I mean, I got on really well with Oxy um, when he was at the club, and he was. I mean, a lot of he got a lot. I mean, when. Um, Faye said that about the um there's some stories I can imagine, but he was he, he was a like great lad. He wasn't one of those ones who was like it was a 
I, I there's players that Steve will know what I'm on about. There were some wrongs in the game, some wrong wrongs, and Oaksy was not a wrong one. Honestly, I mean, I'm sure obviously there's 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 some women or girls might be saying that they didn't, but he wasn't. He wasn't a wrong one. At, at heart, think. he wasn't. At heart, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was not. Yeah, Oaksy no, was a top, good. top, top guy. He's a good lad, wasn't he? Yeah, he's probably probably too laid back of anything, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. So, Andrew, who's gonna manage this team? Which manager is it that you're going to give this? Okay. We don't do clues on this one. No. Um, but I'm going to change it up and say we are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go on, then. Okay. It's your... Clue number one. His win ratio. Is... Just write him down now. Just write him down. <laughs> what, the answer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, win, his win ratio... Is the third best in Luton history. Oh, it's got, it's got to be the man in charge now. Uh, wrong. Oh. I would go with Nathan Jones. No. He's no. top. I'll say he's top or second. Nathan Jones. Jones, you'll be top or second. Do you want next clue? Um, okay, John Steele. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it has to, because he went on that ridiculous run, remember, where we were 37-odd games unbeaten. Um, and that season in the championship, sorry, championship, that season in the, in the blue square, he galvanised the club, he got the club together, but most importantly, being a, being a um, and I have seen enough games of him being in charge, because I saw him, I don't know, strangely, I saw him three or four times when he was Dagenham manager. I don't know why. Um, but I managed to just catch a load of Dagenham games randomly. Uh, but he was a incredible person every time you hear him speak. And I've just got so much respect for the guy. He knows who he is. He knows what he's good at and he knows where he's good at it. And what I mean by that is he is an incredible manager of League Two and conference clubs. And he's incredible at it. And I think that he is the person who got Luton to where they are today. And I think if anybody says anything different, they are absolutely kidding themselves that the club were throwing, not throwing money, but relatively for that league, they were throwing money to try and get us back up. And it wasn't working. We spent so much money on so many strikers and players. Um, oh, I can name hundreds that we that we bought and didn't work. And, um, we had so many failed playoff attempts and it was just him. And yeah, just watching it from here, just watching us making headlines and news headlines because we were smashing teams. And, and I mean smashing eight nils, seven nils, seven nil, another. It was just relentless week in week on week. And it, we were making headlines even over in Australia just because of the the number of goals we were scoring. I think we scored the most goals out of any club in England that season, more than Man City. Um, it was just amazing to see. And it was exactly what every Luton fan had dreamed of. And yes, Nathan Jones, incredible manager, incredible man. Same with Mick Arford. Um, utmost respect for Mick, taking on the club when it was a bit of a poison chalice, minus 30. He was on a hiding to nothing. But I think that John Steele did what very few people could do. And Luton were a mess. Luton were an absolute bloody mess. We were, like I said, we're throwing money around the place and he managed to fix it up. So that's why 
managing this John. team is John Steele. Now, I'm not sure if John Steele would be the best person to manage these players. But for me, as a Luton manager, he's the most important manager I've ever seen manage Luton Town. Yeah. Okay, so just um, let's just to recap. We got Jurgen Summer in goal, Graham Alexander, Chris Perry, Liam Barnett, James Johnston, the back four, Emmett Berkovich, Kevin Nichols, Matthew Spring, Claude across the midfield, and Steve Howard and Scott Oates up front. And that was Andrew's best 11. Um, Andrew, obviously, um, we do go into the bit now where Explain a little bit about what you're doing. I mean, with your teacher role. No, don't laugh. Come on. This is great. And then obviously you mentioned about your other podcast, how we've met, obviously, um, a little bit, give them a little bit of a promotion. So go on. Yeah. So obviously I've lived in Australia for 10 years now. Um, got two, two young'uns, um, eight-year-old son and five-year-old daughter. And just loving watching football, and my son's really getting into football, as is my daughter. She loves running around the back garden. Being in, we, we nicknamed her Ndidi because obviously my son's an obsessed Leicester fan. And my daughter's just an absolute thug. So my son seems to think that that's Wilfred Ndidi for Leicester because he just goes around, just bosses everyone and pushes everyone over, which is what my daughter does. Um, but that's what happens, I suppose, when you've got an older brother. Um, and she gets away with it because she's got a dad like me um but <laughs> and no so um so yeah i'm a teacher over here always been a teacher um over here since since i moved over here and yeah just loving life just outside of melbourne just on the what subject what's your specialized subject you teach? So i teach geography and politics uh over here like, and we, school. yes yeah, high school yeah high school yeah. i teach right at the top top end of high school i don't tend to do even a lower end of a high school anymore um yeah. and yeah and just loving Living life, we're about 50k south of Melbourne. Um, if anybody knows Melbourne, there's a bay that Melbourne's at the top of, and we're kind of on the bottom end of the bay. But the house is I don't know, 500 meters from the beach and a beautiful sandy beach, and living a dream, really. Um, and you have a podcast, you have a podcast where we met. We do, and we have another podcast with a guy who um, I know is also a Luton fan, Vaughan, who so we do another podcast called It's Not Soccer. Um, which we just actually changed, slightly tweaked the format of. Um, people might not have picked up on that, which is where we look at um, great the greatest. And last series, we looked at the greatest players. And next series, we can look at the greatest tournaments. So it's kind of themed um, on the greatest something to do with football. So, And it's just us having a bit of a yarn um, and picking those out, but also formatting it based upon quizzes. So because we looked at and realised there was a bit of a... A, a gap in the market, I think, for just football quizzes. There aren't a lot of them out. And I think uh, I'm a bit of a trivia nut and I like to sit in the car and kind of play along trivia quizzes um, as other people do. So jump on board that and have a listen to that. And it's it was it was great as well as I'm doing a bit of writing, um, sometimes getting it right, sometimes getting it wrong, but having a go at, at um, publishing some articles and things like that and just see where that leads really but yeah and loving the coaching and loving coaching my son's football team as well excellent mm -hmm. Andrew on behalf of Steve and myself Steve I mean do you want to say anything um, I'd like to thank you Andrew for coming on to our Best 11 podcast Steve anything uh, it's just been brilliant really enjoyed the experience thanks Andrew 
it's uh, great to find out your best 11 and the manager running the team as well. So thanks for the invite, Marv, and um, thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Steve. Our pleasure. It's been awesome. Thank you, Marv. Our pleasure. And so that was Andrew McMillan's My Best 11.